0: You'll uh,
1: enjoy this little bit of story, so.
0: Story time you, with Cormac, yay. I
1: don't know if you can <laughs> see the little cut on my nose.
0: What bit you? Or did you fall?
1: Here's what's funny. <laughs>
0: Nothing. So this was okay.
1: the other day, out shoveling snow. Uh-huh. It was somewhere around the neighborhood of uh, a wind chill of negative 15. So every bit of my extremities were completely frozen.
0: So it's frostbite?
1: No. So <laughs> okay. I was walking around a tree. Lynn was too short. And limb brushed across Just, my, my nose. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the funny thing is I didn't know. There was no like blood dripping or anything like that. So then I come inside. Because yeah, it was frozen. <laughs> and then I started to defrost. <laughs> And then I look down and I see drips of blood on my desk. And I'm like, what, 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 what's going on? And I put my (laughs) hand in, there's blood on my hand. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I go in and I look and I'm like, what, what? I'm like, oh.
0: What happened? Yeah.
1: That, oh, that. And it was just like, seriously? Like, it was so cold that I couldn't feel any of my extremities to alert me that, hey, dummy, you just sliced your nose so check this real quick do you
0: see this what is that oh is that where you live
1: no so this is the original main building of hopkins oh okay and here's our building peeking in the background
0: oh okay looming looming it's looming in the background (laughs) it's photobombing that's what your building's doing (laughs) It is. <laughs> your window is, your, your, not your window, your building is actually photobombing that classical piece of architecture. You know, right?
1: Come on. <laughs> Trying to get it adjusted so I can kind of look up.
0: Look up. Look up. Remember that AIA campaign? I look up. I look up.
1: Does that still exist? Does that still happen?
0: Do hashtags ever really go away? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the internet remembers all.
1: But I mean, like people still use them. Yeah, and only architects for some reason still use what an architect does, and mm. what are the other ones?
0: <laughs> it's because no one up. people still don't know what architects do. <laughs> You got to keep using it until the education is complete. What do architects do? What do (laughs) architects? I'll tell you what they do. They fight their software. They spend way too much time doing stupid things to make uh, lines print on pages. They just waste your life doing that, doing that stuff. Wow, <laughs> that's what architects do. That's optimism. that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, uh, sir, is optimism.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was I was editing my other podcast today, and uh, my guest on that episode said something I thought was a great quote. And I, uh, so, so tell me what you think when when you hear this. It's it's it's. It's not about architecture. It's about the life afforded. And so it obviously implies that you have a life outside of it. It's not all about architecture. So So interpret
1: architecture.
0: It's not about architecture. It's about the
1: life afforded. So is it the pursuit of and or the profession of architecture affords you a certain lifestyle? Is that? Is, I,
0: is I that think the it's indication? more of an ethos of of how you apply yourself to architecture than it is about like it's not just like if you become an architect you will have a good life. It's not saying that at all. Okay. <laughs> it's saying it's saying something very different, which is more of an ethos or an approach to thinking about how you apply yourself to the profession. And and there are you, we just had this episode, Cormac. We just yeah. we just had the. I apply uh, I mean,
1: myself 100%, man. In more fact, than that. <laughs> in fact, I believe it's... Way more than that. Yeah. I believe billable <laughs> time is like somewhere around 160, 170.
0: Yeah. I'm not surprised. So how's that going? I'm, I'm here with your accountability partner for, do, the, you, for this do you, episode. Do you, well, let's do a little catch up here and, and see how it's going so far.
1: Honestly, it's actually, it's been going well. Probably much to the chagrin of the people who continuously keep messaging me in the evening, you know, let's just say, well, the after times when you used to be able to be found at the computer, the times that I used to be able to be found. I somebody was just ringing me, um, last evening actually, computer was still on. It seems like it takes forever to go to sleep, and I don't like just you know, shut it down, I let it fall asleep, and, mm-hmm. and so. I was downstairs and somebody had then texted me and they said, oh, I was just trying to call you through Zoom. Do you have a minute? I'm like, it's 830 at night. Unfortunately, I don't.
0: <laughs> did you say that?
1: I did. Out loud? Just no, no, to yourself no, no, or No, no, or no. no. That, was the, to them. that was the reply back to them. You know, I was like, nice. it's 830 at oh. night. Unfortunately, I don't. You know? And they were like, oh, well, I guess I can wait till the morning. Oh, yes. You think? Yes, it can. <laughs> and my my follow-up you response think? to them was, you should probably log off and go enjoy some life. Yeah, right. Yeah, something like that. It was, yeah, I don't yeah. think it, it sounded a little bit harsher than how I said it. Right now?
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> so you said I, it nicer than that.
1: I, I said it a lot nicer than that. It, was, it didn't sound as harsh. But it was basically, it was just like, come on, man. You, I'm not demanding you be there. So please don't demand that on yourself to be there either.
0: How important do you think it is to actually hear that from somebody else? I, I kind of feel like it's really important. Otherwise your imagination will construct uh, an expectation that may not be reality.
1: So, you know, we've, and and I've told you, we've got some unrealistic deadlines for unrealistic expectations, unrealistic deadlines for this current project that I'm on and okay, whatever. But you know, like I said, I've gotten to that point where it's time to detach. And I'm not, res- I'm responsible for being able to be as productive as I can in the allotted time that I have, right? Mm-hmm. And if that time isn't going to get everything done, do I continue to keep sacrificing everything, like my time, My time with my family, my time with, you know, just here on earth. This
0: this gets back to my quote. This is the life afforded, right? Like like you do the thing, you work. Yeah. And the contract is to do the eight hours per day of work. And the other part of the day is completely yours. So, you know,
1: these like
0: little video
1: shorts on Instagram, one of my favorite ones are, and I probably have said at least one or two of them to you before. Scenes how like, you at least wake up to about 18 of them from me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this, is what, this is what we do. This is we, what we send, do. We send you these know. videos, these reels to each other. Yeah. And
1: and so one of the reels was you know, this guy who he's just, he puts on a European accent. And he's like, uh, people, this guy is sick. And so he'll be out. And they're like, oh, no. And, and, and so they basically are comparing and contrasting the way a a European employee and an American employee would react to that, or it's like American Scandinavian, management. typically, yeah.
0: right? It's a it's a Finn or a Swede, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> and, and he'll and then he'll get to the American and he'll do the American one. It's just like you know, uh, hey boss, I'm going to be out for 15 minutes. I'm having open heart surgery, but I'll be sure to like make it up in the the <laughs> later on today. Right. And you're like. Is this is this is the this is the expectation that we have, and so I bring that up because not quite to that extreme, but but yes. Well, I I bring this up is because I am trying to. So as I'm trying to reprogram myself, I'm trying to also reprogram the people that I work with, Mm -hmm. because I'll have. Well, you were setting a really bad example. You said, yeah. I, was, I was setting a bad example, <laughs> sure. But I think the profession sets the bad example. And so they were texting me, and they are like, Hey, uh, whatever you need help today, uh, just let me know. I'm like, it's Saturday. And they're like, well, yeah, but you know we've, we've got this deadline. I understand that, but it's Saturday. And you have children, and go spend time with them. Just have, don't don't use work, I don't necessarily say want to use it as an excuse, but just because you have work doesn't mean you have to do work on your time, you know, on the time that you've earned, right? The time away from.
0: Yeah. It sounds crazy that we even have to say this stuff out loud. It It sounds sounds absolutely absolutely absurd. Yeah.
1: I will say that, you know, did I go back to the computer a little bit last evening? Sure, because I was also, you know, I traded a little bit of time. I was out slicing my nose open, you know, <laughs> in frigid temperature while well,
0: look, Yeah, you scraping have to do what you have
1: to do. And so you know, I was out, like, doing some, you know, some personal work for mm-hmm. an hour and a half, and so I'll give you that hour and a half back, you know. I don't I don't shortchange anybody on the, on the hours that I owe them, but you know, I'm also you know, like say 30, sorry, not, not available. Yeah. No.
0: yeah. Um, so, so back to my question, do you think people need to hear that? Because I think that I
1: think people do need to hear that over and over and over again, mm, you know, people. You know. So, so let me ask you this, because this, this seems to be something that people fly this flag of pride, it's just like, oh, I'm out there hustling, oh, I'm up at four in the morning and I'm working till ten at night. Like I the more I hear other people say, you know, they're out there hustling, they're making it happen and all this other stuff, the more that I hear that, the more I realize what I was doing to myself. And I look back and I'm like, Why? Why?
0: well okay so let, let me let me take a stab at that one because i think it could be interpreted in different ways so uh, the idea of side hustle is kind of a weird term that i think a lot of people have an allergy to especially in 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 architectural land that we live in which is i mean you you could you could describe it as moonlighting you could describe it as a side hustle but te- there's generally an allergy to working more, right? And so I think a lot of times when people say they're out there hustling, we could interpret it as they're working more on something. Now, where I want to make the distinction here is, is I don't think we should interpret it that way. I think we should ask more questions because I think that there is an importance to a side hustle if it is bringing passion and inspiration back to what you are as an architect, and so, if you're making money doing it, okay. Sure. If you're not making money doing it, okay. It, like, like just call it what you call it what it is. But if it's a side hustle to you, then that probably means you're making money on it, and it's important to you. But it's also invigorating you to do better. My my hope would be that it is invigorating you to do better at at your main thing. Right. And I think that leadership in firms that you are employed at should. They should appreciate that at some level because you are a prob. I would hope a better architect for it because the career of architecture and this thing are are separate things, but they inform each other. So I can agree with that. But when
1: people take pride in, oh, I'm outworking you like. Hold my beer. I've been out working. Is that everybody what it means for, when
0: they're hustling. Okay, but, so I, I, mean, I went the other way. I went with. So,
1: so but, but you're but you are right. But the, <laughs> there are people, friends of ours, that they will take pride. You, you know, know, their getter, their yeah. job. You know, they're a principal at a firm or something like that, and they're out there. You know, bragging about how much time they spend doing work. Yeah. And
0: there's some you weird know, competitive it, thing going on there. And, like there. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. is that enriching your life? Is that you know,
0: improving you as an architect? Mm-hmm. I mean, could be, or is it just sure. sort of internal political competition that we find in corporate America? Right, right. Yeah. right. I mean, not just America, even. You know,
1: if, if if people want to like start comparing time cards, I mean, I, I'm ready, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> but that's not, you know. Please, please no. I don't want to yeah. be at that.
0: A lunch discussion. That exactly. Terrible,
1: but I but I think that that's what has been the the detriment to the profession is because as we you know we talked about you know, the whole you know it leading to burnout and things like that. You know I agree with if you're talking about hustle as a way to enrich yourself in being a better architect, a better employee, or a better employer um, you know, experiencing things to, to like really broaden your
0: understanding, your horizons, all that other stuff. Okay. That I can get behind. I mean, I don't even want you to do it for those reasons. I just want you to have other experiences. Right, that, right, right, that, right, right. Sure. That, uh, that, that's what I meant. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That That's
1: however, however it's improving your life, your way of life, how Th- that that part is great and that part I can totally get behind but you know, when it's this very in in an, I would say that it seems like it's a very American thing but it may not necessarily be just an American thing as we've you know yeah. kind of talked about in the past but this this need to outwork people this need mm-hmm. to you know there's another series of reels that I've, I've been following and it's this 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 guy who basically is just like He's acting out like real, um, real situations in corporate America. And one, the most recent one that I watched was employees of you know, the staff gets pulled into the conference room for a 5 uh, p.m. Uh, meeting. And they're just like, raise your hand. You know, how many people do you know, believe that this is a nine to five job? You know, put your hand down. This is not a nine to five job. You know, we're you know, we're here to. He's like, I want you to live and breathe, you know, this. I want you to give give your all, give everything to this job. You know, we all want to succeed. We all want the company to grow. And we can't grow as a nine to five job, you know. And I keep thinking to myself, why? Why can't you? You know, does it really demand that you wake up at 4 a.m. and go to bed at, you know, like log off from you know, your work day at 10 p.m. You know what? What is that accomplishing? You know, is that accomplishing this? This are you amassing wealth? Well, what are you doing with that wealth? Is it wealth? Is it you know like dollar wealths? Is it spiritual wealth? Is it emotional wealth? I mean, is it family wealth? You know, I mean, like what if you're just doing it to build your capital wealth? Is that really? Does that really measure the quality of life that you're living? So so back to that question that your so back to that, you know, statement question, whatever it was that you're your guest on um, your podcast, your Mm -hmm. moonlighting Mm -hmm. podcast, your other hustle.
0: (laughs) My side hustle. Your
1: side hustle. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> totally is. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at the point in my life where I, I do not have a main employer except for myself, right? And so I don't know if we've really talked I about that on this yeah. podcast, but but this is yeah, it is my side hustle.
1: <laughs> I don't necessarily know if it's it is just your hustle. It is your you know like all, it's all my of hustle. It. Yeah, it, it's my work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, but you're... it
0: does uh, it does enrich some of our conversations as it I does. just ex- just as I just uh, you know gave an example of by sharing that quote with yeah. the audience here and you so. Yeah. So because you were, you were going to say, so back to the quote, it's it's not about architecture. It's about the life afforded. Right. And in, in I think that
1: doing a a, a really strong analysis of what you do and how it translates to maybe in this particular case, it's like the life afforded. How are you living your life? I mean, what are you doing Mm -hmm. with, Okay, sure. You're an you're an architect. You're earning a good salary, hopefully, or you're <laughs> Maybe, never, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Right. You know, it's <laughs> somebody asked me um, real quick side diversion here. Somebody asked me, like you know, hey, are you uh, going to the Lions Buccaneers playoff game? You know, so just a date. You how know, how much are those
0: tickets? <laughs> you know,
1: and, and so I have actually been paying attention to. It. I was just like, uh huh. You know what I do for a living and actually some some of you know they have no
0: idea how what that actually means. Yeah.
1: And uh <laughs> well the, the funny thing was is that it was a person who I work with who has asked me that. And I was like, You know where I work? You know what I'm do for yeah. a living? Like <laughs> it and was not rhetorical. And so they're like, Well, what are some of the prices of the tickets? I'm like, Well, you know, I started seeing things at like eleven hundred. And now um, that minimum yeah. price just keeps getting ratcheted up, and ratcheted up, and the closer yeah. and closer it gets, wait, wait longer, it's the game. The minimum higher, price, right? yeah, the minimum price is like around, um, s- around like sixteen hundred. You know. Like, wow. Okay, so say if my wife and I wanted what to could go you do a sixteen hundred dollars car. Okay, <laughs> that's or how like about too, that's how about like thirty two hundred dollars car
0: payments? That's a that's a mortgage payment. I don't know what it is. It's a lot of things. So, thirty two hundred dollars, right? Um, because, no, you know, you could just go by yourself. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah.
1: My, my wife wouldn't be too happy if I went by myself. So $3,200. She, $2. $2. she is.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And, and so then parking, then. Oh God. Food at the game. Um, and all that other stuff. You can't and, do any and, of that. And those come on now. Those you, are frivolous. Well, if you're spending $3,200, you <laughs> gotta. They're nothing. You might, you know, I was going to say that. <laughs> that's Dropping all, a bucket. That's all peanuts. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, uh, no, no, I'm not. I would much rather sit at home. That's an easy
0: decision. That's an easy decision. Yeah. I've gotten to the point. I'm all for people spending the money they make on whatever they want. I mean, honestly, it's, it's your, you, you don't get to take it when you're gone. You might as well do something with it now. And if, if that would truly make you happy, you should totally do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you should also think about it really hard. Well,
1: it's not. What's interesting is I've I've kind of gotten to the point, Mm. you know, somebody was asking me, you know, what was the last uh, concert that you went to? And and yes, I did go to a concert to the Lemonheads to take my daughter to her very first concert. And it was a small venue, um, standing room, but in just a really small like place. And so that to me, comfortable, fine. It was funny that most everybody, like my daughter was truly 100 percent the youngest person there there was you know, everybody was my age and probably older and so and so it was slow it was relaxed it was not you know the crazy like you know uh I don't know like the uh, Metallica was at uh Ford Field um recently and my son went there and he was like oh it was crazy you know the whole like everybody was out on the field there was mosh pits there all this other stuff i like there was a time in life that that sounded appealing not anymore, right? Like <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Sorry, it's a young man's game, yeah, right there. Exactly. <laughs> and and so, to be quite honest with you, I I enjoy watching sports on TV at the comfort of, in the comfort of my own home. I can choose, I can pick and choose what, home. like, oh, look, here's my, you know, uh, three dollar big bag of. Tostitos or something instead of like the the small (laughs) cheap date (laughs) yeah like the little (laughs) small bag of the same thing for 40 bucks Mm. but you could also
0: get a collector's cup for $3,200 I would Scrounge up three hundred more dollars out of the the couch upstairs because I'm sure it's in there, right? Yeah. Uh, to buy the new Apple Vision Pro headset, I would rather have that than than go to a football Can game. Can you with, just imagine for two people
1: um, watching the football
0: game on the yeah headset? from where, from anywhere you want on the field? Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Well, so so in in its current state, you could you could stretch that out and have like a hundred and twenty inch screen, right? right. It would, that's what it would feel like, and you right. could. Pin that in the room in front of you, and you could look around at other stuff, and the, and you'd look back, and the screen would be there, and, and it would be enormous. You'd have right. great sound, but you would you would be pretty isolated, right? But yeah. you'd probably want it like that. You like you really want to enjoy the game, and no one else around. You dial the little the little knob, and it darkens out the room, and all you have is the big beautiful screen, and uh, you know it's like four K, one hundred and twenty inches. Yeah. But there will be a day when, yeah. because because the technology in the architecture, in the building, is going to be at a point where every single player's movements are going to be fully tracked, textured, represented in virtual space, and you're going to be able to watch that game from anywhere you want in that stadium, and that is going to be an insane experience. And I hope it happens sooner than later, because I would love my 80-year-old father-in-law who loves the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah to experience a game like that. I think we he just literally standing right next yep. to Kyle Shanahan on the sidelines. You know, I don't know who the, I don't know that name, but but yes, that
1: person. Okay, well the, <laughs> your 80 year old father-in-law, knows that that's the head coach. Of the so San francisco 49 so he can
0: tell the coach which plays to run <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah you sh- yeah here's what yeah. you should be doing because i'm sure he he has those opinions i i hear them when when i watch the games with him sometimes but he, yeah he th- that would be so incredible wouldn't it like yeah. to to just i think that when this this whole quote-unquote new era of spatial computing mm-hmm. It's it's going to be driven by entertainment, just like technology is for our field and visual effects. And you know, it's it's video games and high end visual effects penetrate other markets, and and now it's going to get to consumers in a way that they haven't been able to experience before, because a company like Apple, who delivers real experiences for people, is going to think about this differently than than the other VR companies that have been out there before. Not that they don't matter, because sure. they do matter on how we got here, but sure. I think the the experiences people are gonna be able to have, this is something that architects should be, really be paying close attention to. I, because I, this yeah. spatial awareness, spatial experiences that are digital are going to then work their way back into the physical world. People are so, going to be extremely interested in making their space as good as the virtual spaces that they experience because they're going to be disappointed when they take those headsets off and they're like, oh, this is my house and it's pretty boring. So so
1: remember back to the conversation that we had years ago with the fellow from Shop Architect. And yeah, he, jumps around. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And he was talking about uh, how they were implementing real-time data in the construction, um, mm-hmm. when things like a large, when we was talking about that, that that ceiling, and how the ceiling was basically measured and then the steel was put in and then remeasured and then other things were fabricated and everything was laser, laser scanned.
0: scanned and then they bring it back in and compare it to the BIM. So to make sure that it's actually right. matching up that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So, so think about how that and LIDAR and like high def imagery and all of this other stuff can give us real time feedback. So to the point of, when we're having say a virtual construction meeting and or somebody asks an rfi and they're like you know well i need to see i really need to kind of understand like what what it is that you're asking about you know a lot of times it's like give me more photographs or you know i'm gonna have to do a site visit or things like that and sometimes say you're doing things internationally or a different part of the country or whatever And that's not always as easy to be able to get, you know, a real time return on Mm -hmm. the information that they're looking for. And I can see this playing a big role, not just in the design aspect of things, but also in the construction aspect of things. Mm hmm to the point yeah, where there was
0: a few years ago when when we were looking at a technology developed by an Israeli startup who were using the Microsoft HoloLens which is an AR yeah you know it's like it was actually pretty well adopted in construction because you could overlay the virtual world on top of the digital world and see things like where HVAC ducts were going to be installed for example but what they had done was they were taking this to and, and using its cameras to scan a room on site mm-hmm. and they were piping that back to offices, our office, where our senior construction administration person had another set of goggles on. And the space that, that the person on site was capturing was being sent back in near real time to the person who was going to answer the question. Right. Right. right? And it was it was like look to your left go down and it was like where is this embed need to go it, there's a conflict with the, with something else right. and and they could actually capture it in real time sketch virtually in real time on top of that and solve the problem right then
1: we so you know we're going through a um, on another project we're going through this effort of doing some redesign for user groups now that we have user groups on and a lot of the generic, um, lab spaces were already built because with the delay caused by COVID and everything else and remote working mm-hmm. and stuff, it really, it really did take a while to get the, uh, the user groups, uh, that would be occupying those spaces on, uh, on you know, like committed to the building. And so now that we're there and things have been built and now that we're really understanding some of their demands what they need uh to for their for their labs to like work seamlessly you know we're we're obviously running into conflicts because um some of this is an existing building some of it there's new new information there's a lot of new (laughs) you know a lot of new information a lot of new requests for things to be done in spaces that may or may not really accommodate them and to be able to see when you're looking up and say your model, or say you're the contractor and the engineer is talking about, oh, okay, well, I need to run a new duct, a new, a new exhaust duct. So where do we have it? We're getting information, so we're looking at the structure. We're looking at the in-place piping and you know, the in-place duct work and all of that other stuff, trying to find routes for this. And we spent a lot of time, we, we spent a lot of time going back and forth with the contractors, trying to you know, work through all of this stuff. And sometimes I always wish he's like, God, I wish that we could just really almost see, a, you know, real time, almost see an overlay of, well, clearly it's something that we could very well do.
0: It, it is something that can be done right now, actually. And I, I, the, The under construction part of it is is really being pioneered by robotics companies because those things are doing the work when nobody's at the building on the job. So they'll send Boston Dynamics has the Spot robot, the yellow four legged, the quadruped autonomous robot that you can mount different, they call them payloads on top of. So that'll that that could be a a 360 camera. It could be a lidar scanning camera. There's even an arm, so it can actually open door with doorknobs and, and go through them. It can go up and downstairs because it's not like a tread based or a track based or a wheel based robot. It, it actually has legs, right? So it can go upstairs, it can go downstairs, and even I think back to the John Saron thing, right? It was like you you scan it at night when that day's work has been done, and then that point cloud gets processed and merged into your BIM data so you can actually see what was happening. Now, who gets to see that? I mean, you get to decide who gets to see that. The contractors right. are really interested in having that information because they can see how much progress was made for their scheduling that they're working on constantly making adjustments, right, with scheduling of trades and different people coming in or taking something out and redoing something. and so it's it's pretty interesting to watch that work being pioneered by robotics companies because it can walk the same path as often as you want and it will rescan and and just constantly be giving you a new version of the latest status update on actual construction of what's been put in place what was on compare that to the schedule what should have been in place who should be out here when are they coming this needs to happen before that Right. Now, it's also useful for architects, right? Because architects can actually see if the building is being built within a tolerance that needs to be achieved for certain things to happen, like sure. facade skins and yeah. things like that, where it's really, like the, the tolerances are going to be a lot more critical, right? So yeah. I think there's a lot of uses for things like this, and, and it is pretty interesting to see it. Like You can do it by hand, but you can also send a robot out to do it, and it can do it when nobody's working.
1: You know, you're getting
0: a level of accuracy probably um, that, you know. Oh, it's it's crazy. It, yeah. It's within a millimeter over 300 feet or something. It's it's probably more accurate than that when, when they're doing actual LiDAR scanning. Sure, yeah. exactly. Which, you know, I mean,
1: do we construct to that level? Um, we, we would like <laughs> it depends to. depends on the sophistication it, of the contractor. It, it, uh, the exactly, exactly. It depends on a lot
0: of things, yeah. Right, but yeah, that uh, some things need that accuracy. I mean, you've worked on lab buildings that require a certain level of yeah. accuracy and sound dampening and tolerances, yes. and and they are very those are critical things that need to happen, and that clients paying critical thing prices for that to happen, right? Because yeah. it is it is a it's a lot more difficult to do. But the
1: yeah. I was updated on what the current projection of the lab building that we're doing is going to cost. And when I heard it, my jaw dropped. I was like, I don't think that I ever worked on a project of this financial magnitude. Wow. It was um, pretty startling. I know. I said
0: said the budget of my last project that I really worked on, and you kind of laughed at it like (laughs) it was nothing. And it was my biggest project.
1: (laughs) So, So what was your biggest project?
0: Sixty-five million. Okay, half a billion. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I mean those are close numbers. Yeah, they're, Yeah, it's, it's, after it, both it, of those. yeah.
1: Exactly. You know, they're, <laughs> you know, plus or minus, give or take. Right. Yeah.
0: I. I mean, <laughs> it's but, it's scary being in charge of that much. The decisions that go it, into spending it, that much money. And I mean, it's, and so it's, they are
1: looking for that millimeter tolerance. They are looking for um huh. a high it level be perfect exactly right you know yeah there is a there is a definite um expectation that is something that is in a league far beyond like say working on like a 12 billion dollar rec center edition or a or a school-based health center where we were doing like these little small additions <laughs> or or yeah. Yeah. Wood for
0: anything out of wood framing or whatever yeah, yeah. Okay. composition shingles. or, or
1: yeah, it's not the same. exactly and so to to go through that and and, and i think about it, we we've talked about like the line in saudi arabia and i'm working on a project in saudi arabia and the overall development size of these things the the size of the development was one thing that just to me was staggering you know i mean mm-hmm. um I've like, I've seen big scale public works projects before, but not to this, not to this level. Yeah. And not to this level of, you know, to be quite honest with you, level of sophistication of like all of the infrastructure that's going in there. And then to just, and I don't even know it and it probably will never really be published, but to just try to fathom how much that would cost. Mm -hmm. Um, one of these days, we should do an episode where we just look at the infrastructure through the lens of Google Earth because you can you can see it. Hmm. You can see the network of, of utility tunnels and vehicular tunnels, and you know all of the infrastructure for the public realm.
0: And all the money that you're paying that will that you can't see. Oh right? my gosh! Yes. Yeah, like the project that I did that was 65 million dollars a lot of that money was buried in the ground there was like 120 70 foot deep piers that had to be poured and, and placed because the soil underneath was in such bad shape and this was a science building it needed to have pretty stiff structure uh and i mean not only that but there was all kinds of signs of of displacement throughout the campus of of differential settlement over many decades right yeah. and it was like this that can't happen to this building right, right. and 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 it's a shame right because you're, you you never see that i mean it's not a shame because you, you you it's an investment into the building but at the same time it's like you can't spend all the money that's in the ground on the building anymore cuz you it's you just can't see it
1: you know that's another episode that we can talk about things because when we have projects that go over budget and then we're asked to do an exercise of value engineering and I know oxymoron there get it but when the bulk of the money of like the actual honest-to-goodness like cost savings are things that you can't see And so they, then it, it bears down on the architecture's responsibility to, oh, you're $25 million over, you know, Hey, let's start cutting this or that. I remember a, and the reason I threw out 25 billion is because, um, because a budget was cut for a systemic high school renovation and exterior facade upgrade, um, they came back and they said, "Oh well, we've you know lost some funding. You know we're twenty-five million dollars over. We need to start cutting things." And
0: as you actually have to just start losing enormous pieces of the building. Well, that was that, that was see, so that program. was what I was
1: you know so I had suggested but they don't want to do that and they
0: did not want yeah. to do that. So I suggest <laughs> those things and they're like, "No, no, 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 no. We need that program." And so they're like, yeah, you know, that. we, people are depending on that. We, the people, you can't break everyone's heart who's wanted that yeah. for the last 20 years kind of a thing. Yeah. So what, yeah. so let's just build it out of popsicle sticks. Exactly. Know, what's the answer?
1: And, and so <laughs> to, to realize that you would have to go through it's, it's hatchet jobs when you're talking about, yeah. you know, millions, right. you know. Tens of millions of dollars. Clear cutting. It's not, it, yeah. We're doing
0: clear, instead it, of doing hatchet jobs, instead of cutting kindling, you need to do clear cutting. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is
1: not scalpel. It is, you know, it it is, as you say, slash and burn. It's, it's you know, find the big ticket right. items. And it's so, so interesting because this is when I started to like ease up on other architects and what the final product was. Because you know,
0: once you've been through it,
1: because once you've been through it, once you,
0: there's so many things out of your control like that. Yeah. That's uh yeah. And, and you don't know that story because you don't know that story. And it's like, you can look at it and on the surface, you're going to judge it based on the ideal situation. It's like, wow, this is really not ideal. It's like, well, you should have seen what we had to go through. (laughs) That story is not told. I was
1: walking around a building with another architect uh, in San Francisco during the AIA convention, you were, you were at. I your was bo- stuck in a booth. Yeah, you were stuck at your booth, and so we were walking around and we were touring it, and the first inclination for us was to say, "Oh, well, I would have done this," or "Oh, I would have done that," and I <laughs> and I I
0: re- rebutted. You were spending someone else's money. With, yeah. I,
1: I rebutted with, "They probably <laughs> did," and yeah. I was just like oh, this canopy could have been so much better if they did that. Like, yes, but it would also would have been so much more expensive. And what is the first thing to go is it's architecture. It's, it's the low-hanging fruit that you think that you can save so much money on. And when you go through and you're like, oh, well, you know, we still need a canopy, but now it's going to be you know, this. And so it's like you're taking, you know, like small percentages off of like the real money. It's not, as you said, it's not this clear cutting. It's not like the big hatchet job of like, you've got to cut program. You know, you want to save $25 million. There's, you know, 25,000 square feet of additional, like, you know, that addition that you wanted.
0: There you go. (laughs) A later phase. Yeah. Yeah. later phase. Exactly. Nobody wants to hear that though. I mean- And what's crazy is like your contract obligates you as the architect to refine the design to to get it within budget. Yeah. And you do that work for free because there's no more fee. Right, right. And usually it comes so late in the process, there actually is no more fee.
1: (laughs) And really at the end of the day, I've found so many times the cost savings effort.
0: Ends up costing the same amount, or potentially more. Oh, dude, I can't even. I I didn't even really want to go there, but since <laughs> you said it, uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been through a VE session only to hear from the estimator who works for the contractor say, "We're still the exact same number over." Yeah. How many and How many like, times have
1: you you know gone through that time? effort where they're like, "Yeah, but that was yesterday's price." you know right. we
0: had that locked in you <laughs> or we found more stuff in the building that we didn't know was there well, it's like what are you talking about it's been there the whole time you've had the plans the whole time every time there's a new set of plans you have the set of plans it's it's yeah. ridiculous well one
1: of one of the interesting things about and cuz we were heard the five hundred million number we started talking about what the original number was and then we talked about what some of the causes for the escalation were. And then we talked about, you know, other you know, scope creep items or, or ads or building things out and then basically tearing them out and rebuilding them with different user groups and things like that. And one of the things that they never seem to take into account, but yet every single solitary person knows that this occurred was COVID. This was, this was supposed mm-hmm. to actually go. You know, start construction just around well so actually it had already started
0: construction before COVID. Remember how much a sheet of OSB was? Oh my god. <laughs> it was like eighty dollars. Yeah. I might even be underestimating yeah. there. It was there was, there was some meme going around where there was like this barn find of, well, a, of an old 911 with a sheet of OSB on it. And it was like, I, I know what I've got. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it was a, regarding the sheet of OSB. Exactly. Not the Porsche. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I know that we've diverged from what we were originally talking about. But you know these are the things that it's interesting how we don't think about like all of the other things like, so let's bring it back to you know, this this uh, conversation that we were having earlier about uh, affording. Um, this, Affordances. The, yeah. Yeah. Is that these are all of the things that sort of affect the way that we do what we do and why we do it. And sometimes that's some of like the, the cause and effect of why we do you know, the 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. kind of like, you know, work shifts is like we we feel like we need to play the hero. And it's like, all right, we're $25 million over. I'll find it. You no know, kind of thing. And you're like, <laughs> no matter what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, no matter what sacrifice, I'll find it. And then you go through all of these things. And you know, you, like you said, we do t- typically a lot of this stuff is unpaid value engineering. Cause we're you know, going through to try to find and help reduce the cost and stuff. And so, but we're sacrificing because you have to exactly. So, you know, we sacrifice all of this time coming up with all of this stuff. I remember, you know, presenting, I don't know, it was like 50 pages of, of different, you know, like all sorts of different options. It was, it was this menu of all of these different things. And at the end of the day, they weren't interested in doing like the main, you know, cost saving efforts. They wanted to like cherry pick, oh, okay, well then you know, you're know, you saying that we can go from this window system to this window system and he's like, well, yeah, but that's only going to save you $50,000. you are like, it's not going to save you. It's like if you don't have like that plus the walls plus the floors plus the this plus the that that's where your big savings is going to be. Your mechanical cost you know, things like that. Or when they say, yeah. you know, oh, hey, We want to change the windows from, you know, these high performance uh, windows to a lesser performance because we can get, you know, we can save 20% on the overall purchase of all of this storefront. You're like, okay, yes, but, you know, your lifecycle cost of operating the building is going to be that much more. You're going to, if you're not going to change the system to have a more efficient system for these lower performing windows, guess what? Now you're going to yeah. be, you will be replacing that equipment later on down the road. And so, where is your savings? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's and just like
0: more money for energy to get there, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, yeah, I guess the, I the thing order. that we're really saying here, Cormac, is, you know, we imparted a little bit of wisdom earlier with the, the quote from from my guest on, yeah, it's not about architecture, it's about the life afforded. But we'll also impart a little bit more wisdom, which is that every building is actually a spreadsheet. Yeah. And they don't
1: teach that in school. I was going to say that to your original quote is like,
0: um, say that one more time. It's not about architecture. It's about the life afforded.
1: Yes. It's not about architecture. It's about the life
0: that is stolen. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here first.